Thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me as always, my co-host, Alexander Collins. Hey, Ryan. How's it going today? Oh, lovely. Lovely. Um, my Wildcats won, which was good. They beat Texas Tech. Nice. My dogs beat uh, Hawaii. Yes, my Wildcats did not beat Hawaii. So let's move on from that conversation. <laughs> Fair? <laughs> of course, you brought the Hawaii game up. So brought up who we played this week. There, there. Uh, Today's conversation. um, We have brought up the word cash flow several times in our podcasts. And what I wanted to do is not define it today, but let's discuss what we're really meaning by cash flow uh, when it comes to looking at our finances. Yeah, it's a concept that that we talk about a considerable amount with clients and it's, it's one of the more misunderstood conversations. And, and usually we wind up having clients that go, Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. So, you know, as business owners, I think cash flow they, they definitely recognize it and they understand it right away because it's the lifeline of the business. They get that it's the wheels on their car. However, when they look at financial decisions based on cash flow and what they're doing either for that year or long term, that sometimes gets, let's call it more gray. Sure. So, so I think the best way to, and anything in life is to give an example as to what we mean here. So the prime example that we often run into, well, actually there's a couple prime examples, but one example we'll go into today is the conversation we have with practice owners when they are looking to pay down their debt. Yeah. One of the things that, that we recognize and, and have an absolute ton of conversations around with uh, our naturopathic clients is student loans. Like these, it's just a massive amount of debt that you guys come out with and it, it hinders where, where you, where you can go with your dollars and what you can do with it. And as a result, a lot of folks that we talk to really want to try and prepay this and get out from under it and, and make it gone. Yeah. I mean, the stress of having two $300,000 debt right as you are graduated and starting your practice or joining a practice, uh, that's a big monkey on their back. Yeah. We've talked to a bunch of folks that their loan actually keeps going up because it's in partial deferment or things of that nature and it just causes more and more and more financial stress. So the decision from a cash flow standpoint, oftentimes that we see is as the ND is making good money and they can actually start attacking some of their debt, they attack it with every fiber of their being, right? It goes from, you know, they're paying just a little bit over the minimum due to thousands of dollars over the minimum due to really bring down that debt. Yeah. And that decision is what we call a siloed decision because the decision is, is measured on, well, I've got this interest rate that might be at 
5.9 or 7.2, whatever the interest rate is, and I don't want to pay more in interest that I have to, so I'm going to chuck as much money as I can over there so I don't have to pay as much money in interest. Yeah, every extra dollar I've got, I want going towards getting rid of this thing. And we probably should have started with a caveat. We're not stating that you shouldn't do that. We're just stating you should also be looking at money slightly different to see if that is the best decision when you're looking at your finances from a holistic viewpoint. Well, right. I mean, it's some of the conversations we've had all along here of taking a step back and looking at the big picture instead of, you know, trying to go in and diagnose, oh, I've got this acute issue and going straight after the symptoms, you know, let's go ahead and see what's causing the issue and, you know, taking a look at it from a bigger picture most of the time the the answer is well it's the lack of cash flow or it's the the large percentage of our dollars that have to go towards this component that create this this issue in the sense of urgency and one of the things that that we can actually take a look at is for those clients that either and there's a host of different ways in which this could possibly be but those clients that have a significant amount of money sitting in savings accounts or investment accounts or, or various different places, even if they've got student debt, even if it's a massive payment on a monthly basis, they don't feel nearly as much stress and strain because of it. There's a stress relief that, that is there. Um, but yeah, you have to get to that point, Alex. Some of, I can just hear some of the NDs driving right now to work thinking, well, I don't have that, so it's a stress. So I can't not feel that stress right now. So walk me through the financial decisions of should I be chucking a bunch of money at it? And I know we're not going to say do it or not do it here, but what should they be looking at from a cash flow standpoint to to really analyze it the way that we're talking about? Yeah, it would. It's it's going back to a lot of the same concepts that we've talked about of making sure that we're we're working towards building up that emergency reserve because that emergency reserve is that pressure release valve. It's what allows us to feel more comfortable. And by having that existing emergency reserve, by building up, you know, three, six months, 12 months worth of, of either income or expenses, it really relieves the stress and strain of having that existing debt. And one of the things that we constantly see is we constantly see people trying to make decisions around like getting rid of something that will presumably free up cash flow, uh, whether it's you know debt. Another great example is, is putting dollars into retirement plans and getting that that instant tax deduction. Um, and and so these are the the concepts that we're looking at where the only thing that we're looking at is, well, I'm paying less in taxes or I'm paying less in interest, or you know, this is what I've been told to do without taking a step back and looking at it from a bigger picture and saying, okay, well, w- what does that do to the rest of our finances? You know, How much flexibility do we have? How much freedom do we have? How much ability to absorb a shock to our financial system do we have? Or the opportunity that might land in our lap. And, and the, I think the point that you're getting across here, Alex, is in the example of you're paying thousands of dollars extra to pay down that debt, how much money would you have liquid if you just saved that money? Yeah. 
And what would that change? Obviously, you know, day one, you're still going to feel that stress, but the, the stress is probably still there even as you make that one extra payment of $3,000 because the debt went from 300000 to 297 Yeah, 100%. So while you can see your debt go down, you can also see your savings go up. And what you can look at it here is two years down the line, you've been paying, and we're not saying that you shouldn't overpay at all. We're just not saying maybe maybe you don't overload the overpayment, which provides you the balance, financial balance that we're all seeking around having money sitting in a savings account or some other account that we can access to to grow the current practice for opportunity sake or the oh crap scenario. There's just all of a sudden flexibility occurs. Whereas if you were just chucking three grand a month at the debt and a year later, the oh crap scenario or an opportunity lands in your lap, where's the flexibility? You just gave all your money to the bank. Right. Well, it's not as though the the student loan company is going to say, oh, well, you've given us an extra $3,000 for the last nine months. Here's $36,000 back. <laughs> yeah, like that that doesn't happen. Um, like Or, no, you, you can not make a payment for the next two months. They don't provide you that level of flexibility. And so if you wind up in a situation where you get sick or hurt and you need to, you know, not make a payment for a period of time or you, or you want to buy the the actual real estate that you're practicing in and then you can rent it to yourself. Yeah. Or something changes from a family dynamic situation. Like you wind up in a situation where like you weren't trying to get pregnant as a married couple, but you wound up getting pregnant as a married couple. Like that that happens. Um, you know, and that can can cause havoc from a from an income standpoint. So the other example you brought up was the retirement account. And we see this is another often siloed decision that people make. And, you know, it typically comes from a, a tax standpoint. And we're talking about like a traditional IRA or, or 401k, a traditional retirement account where you're deferring the taxes. And the point of that is normally is, well, I made X amount of dollars this year. If I put that money into a, a an IRA, then I can get a tax credit this year and pay less in taxes. Yeah, for example, let's let's use 25% tax rate. 25% currently doesn't exist as a tax rate. That's part of the reason I'm using it. But if we've got someone who made $100,000 and they put $10,000 into a tax-deferred vehicle, like a 401k or something of that nature, well, they save, and I'm using quotes around that. Yeah, if you can't see him because you're listening, <laughs> he literally is making quotation marks. Uh, it's $2,500 that, that you save in taxes of taxes that you don't have to pay. The The issue that we see with this and, and why, it, while it may be a good strategy, depending upon the rest of the circumstances, it also may not be. We give up flexibility with that money between now and retirement. Yes, there are ways to go ahead and access the dollars prior to retirement, but we have to jump through a ton of hoops to make sure we get those dollars back without paying fees and penalties. And second of all, we can't go access those dollars without then paying the taxes. And so if we wind up in a... And if you need it before 59 and a half, there might be a fee involved depending on why you're pulling it out. Yeah, there might be a penalty. Uh, well, there, if you're pulling it out before 59 and a half without an exemption... There is a penalty and whatever vehicle you put it into might also have a penalty to pull it out of whatever that investment vehicle was. But uh, in addition to that, 
if you wind up having more income down the road in retirement, which if Ryan and I and whoever or whoever your financial advisor is, is doing a decent job for you, that should be the case. Or if we wind up in a, a tax environment where taxes have gone up in the future, well, then we may wind up paying more down the road, not less. Right. So that one singular decision, that siloed decision that we're talking about around how do I save money in taxes this year may may save you money in taxes this year, but long term you might be paying, you could be paying more. You could have a, a less flexible plan because you put it into an account that doesn't you, have as you much You will liquidity, have a less flexible plan. Right. So it, again, the one decision without looking at what your money's doing for you and, and looking at where your money is currently sitting for flexibility's sake, opportunity's sake, everything we've been discussing, oftentimes those thoughts never go in through your, through your mind because you're only thinking about that tax bill coming your way. Yeah, it, that is a very, very good way of putting it. When typically we'll walk clients through examples where now one of the common ones is, is do we prepay the mortgage, yes or no? And you know, an example that we have is using a 3.9% interest rate on the, on the mortgage. That just happens to be a, an interest rate that Ryan and I have come across a few times here in the last month or two with rates having dropped. And we're assuming that we've got a vehicle that we can get a 4% net after tax rate of return. And you know, if you prepay the mortgage versus building up in the 4% hypothetical net after tax rate of return vehicle, you actually wind up ever so slightly ahead in the 4% vehicle than prepaying the mortgage. We don't even care about that difference, which is really relatively minor. Functionally, they're the same rate of return. Really what we care about is you've got massive amounts of additional flexibility having set those dollars aside for yourself. And you still could have paid the mortgage off in the same time period. You just have the choice of doing that <laughs> rather than just making the monthly choice of giving your money to the institution that holds the mortgage. Yeah. I mean, the, the example that we commonly walk through is like, okay, if your mortgage, you know, let's call it you know, 2,500 bucks. If you pay an extra grand a month, you'll have that, you know, mortgage paid off you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 12 years early. And the, the concept is, well, hey, wow, now that I've got my mortgage paid off early, I'll have a ton of financial freedom. While that's true, it's only true to the extent that you take those dollars that you were putting towards the mortgage and you now save them. You save every single dollar, the money you were putting to overpay the mortgage and the original $2,500 that you're paying towards the mortgage. Right, every month from when your mortgage gets paid off versus having the ability to save the $1,000 a month starting in today and just continuing to make the normal mortgage payment. So it, it really goes down, comes down to what's easier, what provides more flexibility, what provides more, more choice for, for you in the future. For some people, you know, it is way easier to talk themselves into, you know, prepaying the mortgage and, and mentally that's just easier to do than taking a thousand dollars a month and investing it. Um, for other people, it is way, 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 way more challenging 
once that $3,500 comes off the books, 17, 18 years down the road to then save a hundred percent of that 3,500 bucks. There's so many pieces to, to this pie or puzzle that we're talking about here in the end, it all comes down to the cash flow, what you're doing with your money today. And when your assets then have to turn into cash flow for you in retirement, the choices you're making today affect future self. Yeah. Right? Like the, if you're 35, right? The choices you're making today affect the 65 year old version of yourself. And that's not to scare anyone. It's more of just the point of that is look at your money at a holistic viewpoint. Don't make a siloed or rash decision because someone said, oh, you can save a bunch of money in interest this way. Maybe it's the right decision. We're not saying it's the wrong decision. We're only asking you to look at, okay, if you did something else with your money, what would that provide you? And is that more valuable? That is the perfect way to look at it is if you keep the inputs the same under both scenarios, which scenario winds up being better, you know? And so the, the common theme theme that we see, you know, people do is like, whether it's a 15 year mortgage versus a 30 year mortgage or whether it's, you know, prepaying a mortgage or prepaying a student loan or business debt or whatever else, like, okay. If you put an extra grand a month towards plan B versus plan A, is it really all that surprising that plan B looks better or that plan B gets you to where you want to go faster? It, it shouldn't be really what we need to do. If we're going to compare is all right, what would we do with that extra thousand dollars a month in plan A and now compare that to where we would be 15 years down the road or whatever the time period is that we're looking at. This is such a huge piece. This is, Many of the people that we sit down with, this is going through this type of conversation. We find thousands of dollars, if not in the tens of thousands of dollars of money, literally just falling off our client's balance sheet that they just hadn't thought of. And we recoup that to put it on the balance sheet in a more efficient manner. That's what we're hoping you get out of today's podcast is where is money falling off your balance sheet or what decisions have you currently made based on an assumption? Did you look at it? from if I, if you did something else with your money, what happens then? Yeah. It's not so much finding where your dollars are dripping off your balance sheet. Cause we haven't really given people where to look. It's more of the, the concept of how to look at it, how to think about it differently so that we can start identifying, Oh, Hey, we've got a cash flow issue here. L let's take a look at what doing something different would actually mean for us. And, and okay. Why is somebody saying, this versus that, um, you know, saving hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in interest by prepaying a mortgage or by you choosing a 15 year mortgage over a 30 year mortgage. And at the same time, all right, what's the, in that example, the opportunity cost of whatever the, the extra mortgage payment is on a monthly basis. I think we'll end it this way. I think it's a good way to end it in terms of a comparison, Alex. I'm quite sure that the NDs, when a patient comes into their office and they're complaining of some ailment, I'm going to make, you know, my arm is hurting. The ND is not whipping out a prescription pad and saying, here you go. This will solve for that. They're not addressing the acute pain that the client's in. They're going through and they're looking at holistically to figure out, 
okay, what's what's causing the pain? What are you ingesting? What what's going on? Then working into that to, for an efficient medical plan. Yeah, treating the overall issue as opposed to treating the symptom. Exactly. So with that said, we hope today's podcast was valuable. Uh, please head out to our website, holistic-finance.com. And on that, you'll see our podcast there and you can email us with any questions you might have. Uh, or if you'd like to reach out to us for any, uh, any other um, conversations, please do that there. Other than that, have a good rest of your day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investment and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Guardian does not issue nor advise for student loans or mortgages. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, No. 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2019-87674, expiration 10-2021.